Welcome to The Blaze. This is episode 161. I am your host, Alejandro Oveda. I want to thank you for pushing play to another blazing week. And I got to tell you guys, thank you for all the support last week. You guys are showing so much support. And I got to continue to tell you, thank you. Uh, you know, this is a independent podcast. So every view, every listen that you guys give is a major support. So thank you for that. Um, I want to just tell you guys, make sure you guys are looking forward to that uh, new installment of the Blaze Talks next uh, coming out on Friday. Uh, that's tomorrow, so we got a big weekend for the podcast, and uh, I just wanted to remind you guys, you know, just share the podcast, let people know that we're here, we're, we're making some moves, and we're going to make uh, 2022 our year. Um, you can find the podcast on Apple Podcasts. Spotify, um, anywhere else you guys uh, get your podcasts at. Uh, I know we've been trying to get uh, more uh, into it, trying to get um, our our work schedule uh, mixed in with our podcast schedule, uh, get that uh, really, really uh, tight. Uh, but this week, I definitely, definitely want to continue uh, with with our um, our monthly theme, which is uh, Women's History Month. Um, and this week... You know, I would like to celebrate Women's History Month by attributing this episode uh, to Selena Quintanilla, who uh, has touched, you know, my generation and so many other generations um, past and others to come, I believe. You know, Selena uh, is known as the Queen of Tejano and is celebrated for her fashion uh, alongside of her, her music career. You know, this month I have been highlighting women that really have inspired me or influenced me. And Selena is on top of that list. Uh, she is one of the greatest Latin artists of all time. Many, I would say, would think of her as uh, the Latin Madonna. Just because of how influential she was, not only with her music, uh, but her fashion and the way that she was able to break through um, the mainstream um, industry, you know, um, Selena debuted uh, back in I think it was '92 um, with her with her uh, with her band Los Dinos, which included her brother AB uh, Quintanilla and Suzette Quintanilla. Um, Selena peaked when she released her first album, Entere y I mean Mundo, in 1992. She broke through with her uh, hot single, Como La Flor, which is one of my favorite songs uh, from her and maybe one of my favorite songs of all time. Uh, she won a Grammy for the song off her Selena Live album, uh, and she became the first female Tijana artist uh, to win a Grammy. Uh, so this is why we want to celebrate our women to, to, to really know uh, they're pushing the boundaries and continuing uh, to make to make a mark on, on our society. Um, but this is, you know, how Tijana music started becoming marketable um, as she ruled, you know, the, the Latin market and she still rules the, the Latin music market. Um, but Selena then was shot and killed on March 31st, 1995 by her, um, longtime manager, Yolanda Saldivar. Uh, Saldivar was 
convicted of murder and sentenced to life in prison uh, with possible parole after 30 years. Um, Selena sold more than 18 million records worldwide, making her one of the best-selling female artists of all time and also uh, in, mu in Latin music. You know, three decades later now, we still talk about Selena. We still have her in our thoughts um, as she is the queen of Tijano. And um, I actually got some news earlier last week, I think, that she actually is going to be releasing a new album where I guess the, the Quintanilla family is going to be releasing a new album. Um, Selena's father, Abraham Quintanilla, announced the album, uh, which will be produced by a Warner Bros., and will feature, I think, 13 songs. Uh, but her brother, AB, uh, he, you know, he's a, he's a great producer. He produced a lot of uh, Selena's music. And he also is part of uh, the Cumbia Kings, which is another uh, group that he's involved in. Uh, but he was able to work on her voice through uh, computer technology and really uh, mimic um, her sound. So this album is, is set to release in April, but I haven't heard any actual date. Um, so I'm definitely going to be looking forward to listening to this album, making sure that, you know, we, we support it. Um, I haven't heard of a Selena album since her, her last posthumous, uh, album. So this is going to be something incredible. Uh, I, I think, uh, something that, Everybody can enjoy uh, 13 songs. I'm not too sure if they're going to be uh, different songs or maybe they're going to be recorded uh, with a new vibe. Um, it's it's un uh, it's unknown right now, but definitely uh, come back to the podcast uh, for more on that. Uh, and I just want to say thank you to Selena Quintanilla for uh, what she has done through her fashion and also um, her music career. But while we're still talking about Selena, I really wanted to still uh, talk about, you know, the movies that we watched. But this week, I really wanted to talk talk about um, the movie Selena. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, it was it was played. Uh, she was uh, Selena was played by Jennifer Lopez. Um, in tribute to Selena, the movie. Um, I heard that there will be um, a re-release of the movie to the big screen. So this is a big thing, I think, for Selena, for the family, for her legacy. Um, knowing that she is going to be hitting uh, the big screen again after uh, 25 years. Um, we're, so we're celebrating um, Selena, the movie's... Um, release of the movie 25 years ago. Um, and this is going to be nationwide where it's going to re-release. So this movie has to be celebrated. You know, it's been celebrated by Jennifer Lopez, who I've seen on social media already be ecstatic about the re-release. Uh, she's the one who played Selena as the queen of Tijano. Um, this movie was released two years, literally two years after Selena's death. And, um, you know, she was she was killed at age 23. So this movie brings back so many memories, 
of my childhood. Uh, just just the love that I got from music, um, especially um, as a family. I think we we all had a a, a piece of uh, Selena in our hearts. You know, um, knowing that this movie is going to be re released, I I really want to try to get it, uh, go watch it in the box office. You know, um, as I believe this is one of the best biopics I've ever seen. You know it. Especially when they try to um, make the character, um, how they portray the character. And honestly, I don't think anybody could have played it uh, besides um, Jennifer Lopez. She 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 did an immaculate job in this movie. Um, I know she had to do so much, you know, the dancing she had to get down, the singing she had to get down, the look, uh, just the vibe that she had to have. You know, so uh, make sure you check out Selena, the movie this week um, and make sure to celebrate Selena and 25 years of this film. I mean, it's it's went through so long and, and, and it's still touching uh, generations to come. So we are celebrating Selena this week. So make sure you check out the movie. But this week we've been able to listen to a lot of different music. Um, and I, I didn't want to go ahead and do like a Selena review uh, for her music and do a whole thing, but I definitely wanted to review another Latina that really is one of the best lady MCs. Um, I want to continue supporting her. And this week I wanted to highlight, you know, just some of uh, what she does. Um, her name is Know The Product and she's an ind independent music artist slash singer. You know, she was signed... I think to Atlantic um, in 2012, but then she ended up uh, coming off of the label in 2018 and now is fully independent. So she's a female entrepreneur. Um, she is 34 years old uh, from San Jose, California. I'm a, I'm a big fan of not only just her music, but her actual career. You know, she really shook the game up um and, and is actually known to be one of the best female MCs, in my opinion, and I think in a lot of uh, people's opinions. But um, she's a Latina, fluent, sp uh, Spanish-speaking rapper. She is multi-talented as she, you know, she hosts um, different platforms such as a podcast, um, YouTube channel. Um, and I also think she runs her own clothing line, too. So... She has a, a really big reach, and, and I know she has tons of fans, especially here in the Central Valley. I know she's done many shows here in, in Fresno, and um, knowing that she has done it, so I know her reach is uh, definitely here in Fresno. Um, and she's definitely on top of my list of female artists. And I would have to say she's she's a, she's a, gen, uh, a genre bender. Um, she's definitely... Known for her drinking and and partying uh, music, but also uh, for the for keeping it real and also um, getting getting people more adapted to um, Spanish speaking. You know, I, I especially me. I'm not. I'm going to be honest. I I've been listening to more Spanish uh, speaking music as of late. 
Um, and I have to owe it to her because she's really uh, been doing that for a while now. Uh, but I also tune into her podcast uh, called Every Night Nights. And this podcast she hosts with her with her girlfriend. Um, and they and they cover different subjects, um, sexuality, entrepreneurship, um, artistry. Uh, but the, the podcast is live streamed on every day days on, on her YouTube channel where you, you can interact live uh, on that page. And she has over 150 episodes so far. Um, you know, I think the, the way that she gets people's attention um, is is great. And, and she got my attention, actually, by being affiliated by uh, with Tech 9 and Strange Music. And, you know, they drop music alongside together. Um, Tech 9 is one of my favorite artists. So when I see uh, that he co-signs a female artist, and she's Latina, I definitely have to check her out. And once I did, I, I, I haven't looked back, but she hasn't dropped any new uh, albums out since 2016, but she's been dropping, you know, single after single. Uh, my favorite songs from Snow the Product right now are Joder, uh, Tiva, Gustar, and What's Up. And she has not dropped, an, like I said, an actual album um, so nothing but singles, uh, right now. And, and she's been, I, I think this is a good uh, way to, to release her music, especially because she's independent. You know, she gets, uh, she doesn't get very much money or independent artists don't get much money from streams. So she's working the system. I think the best way she can, uh, but she did drop a new uh, video called Nueve. Um, so make sure to, you know, support all your favorite female artists, not only throughout this month, but throughout the, the whole year. Um, uh, but Snow the Product is definitely someone that you guys should check out, listen to, uh, and let me know what you guys think. Now let's start our local segment. And this week, I just wanted to tell you about a dope event. Uh, this is probably one of Fresno's biggest besides the Fresno Fair. Uh, it's called Fres Yes Fest. And it's back. And if you've never heard of Fres Yes Fest, it's one of, like I said, the biggest events, if not the biggest block party in downtown Fresno. Uh, this is an annual event and celebrating everything Fres Yes. Uh, this festival will take over Fulton Street with tons of food trucks, vendors, uh, and I think a, a full day's worth of uh, live music. Um, and they, they will also have a, a special beer release, but this is a must go to event. Uh, you can take your friends, you can take your family. Um, it's an all day thing. Um, I know they are selling pre-sale beer tickets right now. I think six bucks or seven bucks, um, until I think it's Friday and then they, they go up. Uh, in price. So if you guys are thinking about going out there, make sure you guys get those pre-sale beer tickets. Uh, the, the bars at the festival will be cashless. So there will not be any, um, cash at the bar. So if you want to drink, you're going to have to exchange that money for, uh, beer tickets. And then, uh, you'll be able to get your draft pours or cans that way. Uh, but this year they will be, uh, having a tribute beer, 
It will be called uh, Red One Hundred, and it's I think a watermelon shandy, uh, and it's just and you know this is a great way uh, for you to support you know your local businesses um, to support your local artists and other small businesses at that you know they'll they'll be having tons of uh, food vendors they'll be having tons of um, just places you could you could buy you know little knickknack stuff but. Uh, it, the, the weather's going to be beautiful this weekend, so make sure you guys check out the Fred's Yes Fest at uh, Tioga Sequoia. And that's uh, the, the brewery downtown Fresno. And you know this podcast is a huge supporter of the local uh, music scene. Uh, but this week, instead of uh, reviewing uh, a local artist, I really want to just talk about uh, or talk to uh, anybody that's that wants to be involved in the Fresno music industry. Uh, they'll be having a meeting this week, uh, at March 26th at Tioga Sequoia beer garden. So if you're a musician, a producer, promoter, artist, manager, uh, if you have a venue, uh, if you're a photographer, graphic designer, website developer, or anybody that's looking to gain access into networking in the in the music industry, make sure you guys check out this event. Um, I know uh, Fashan is going to be there uh, as a guest uh, speaker, so this is going to definitely give you guys what you need if you guys are trying to start in in the music industry. And I I think this will be a great uh, thing for anybody that is. Uh, looking to network if you are in the realms of any music, any, like I said, promoting, uh, graphic design, website de- uh, design. Um, there's places for you guys here in the in the local music scene. So make sure you guys check out this event. Like I said, it's, it's a, a Fresno Music Industry Meeting, and that's going to be held on March 26th at Tioga Sequoia Brewing. Um, so check this event out and make sure you guys support all your local music. Now let's talk about our local sports and let's start off with our men's bulldog basketball who has a record at 21 and 13. The dogs have been on a terror as they defeated Eastern Washington, 83 to 74 in the first round of the basketball classic here at the St. Mark center. Uh, the dogs won by the score of 83 to 74, uh, the dogs were led by Anthony Holland, who scored 19 points and grabbed eight rebounds. Uh, the dogs then defeated Youngstown State 80 to 71, uh, where the dogs were led by Orlando Robinson, who scored 16 points and grabbed 13 rebounds. Now the dogs will be in the semifinals versus Portland or Southern Utah. Uh, so make sure you tune in, tune in next week, or make sure you go. Uh, to the game to check out this semifinal matchup. Um, we'll definitely have the results on next week's podcast. Uh, but now let's talk about our Bulldogs softball, who are still having a tough time with the record of 6-21. and 21. The Dogs, you know, th- the season has been tough so far. They started the conference play last week as they faced off against Boise State in a weekend series. The Dogs lost their first game on Friday afternoon, 5-13, to 13. Then they lost their doubleheader, uh, three to four, and then the dogs got the third loss of the weekend on Saturday, two to four. Uh, but the dogs then played at home versus Pacific and got a win, five to two, 
And this week, uh, the Lady Dogs uh, softball team will have a, a home series versus San Diego State, which will be Friday, March 24th, or 25th through Sunday, March 27th. And then they'll also play on Wednesday, March 30th versus LMU. So make sure to tune in more for your softball team. Uh, but now let's talk about our Bulldog baseball team, who is 9-12. and 12. Uh, The Dogs won their first series of the season. They defeated Nevada on Friday, 6-2. to two, um, And their first game, Sunday, 3-2. Uh, to two. Then the Dogs got their loss, 6-7, to seven, in 10 innings. Um, the Dogs then faced off against Long Beach State and got their second loss of the week, 7-19. to 19. The Dogs will be on the road this week playing at San Diego State for a three-game weekend series. Uh, but be sure to tune in next week for more on your Fresno State baseball team and all of your Fresno State uh, sports teams. Now let's talk about the NFL. Uh, the season has been over for almost a month and a half, and the NFL keeps getting more interesting. First this week, I would like to say goodbye to one of my favorite Atlanta Falcons, Matt Ryan, who played QB for the Falcons for at least 14 seasons. He was traded to the Indianapolis Colts on Monday. Uh, he was a former MVP award winner and also had a trip to the Super Bowl. And now... His career is over with Atlanta, and they are receiving only a third-round pick in the 2022 draft for that uh, transition transaction. Uh, this is an already fast-moving QB market in the offseason. Uh, we've seen Russell Wilson go to the Denver Broncos. Carson Wentz went from the Colts to the Commanders, and the Cleveland Browns now traded uh, for Deshaun Watson uh, and still remains Baker May Mayfield on, on the Browns, so we might not see him move anywhere. Uh, but now we will see the Atlanta Falcons with the new QB1 as they sign Marcus Mariota to play alongside second-year QB Felipe Franks, who signed undrafted as a free agent last year in the NFL draft. Also, the Kansas City Chiefs are trading their six-time Pro Bowl wide receiver Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins for a 2022 first-round pick at number 29 and a second-round pick and a fourth-round pick, um, plus a fourth and a sixth-round pick in the 2023 draft. Uh, the, Dilf the, the Dolphins are giving the Cheetah a four-year extension worth $120 million dollars including $72 million guaranteed, including a $52 million signing bonus. This deal will make Tyreek Hill the highest-paid wide receiver in the NFL. Uh, but this week, we also seen uh, Fresno State Bulldog wide receiver uh, Devontae Adams signed with the Oakland Raiders. Um, he was the highest-paid wide receiver until Tyreek Hill uh, was traded. But the Las Vegas Raiders signed Adams for a five-year, uh, $28 million a season uh, with $67 million guaranteed. But the Raiders really uh, gave up their first and second-round picks in this year's draft at uh, number 22 and 53 overall. But this really puts uh, David Carr and Devontae Adams, two ex-college football teammates, 
in a great situation as the NFC West is now becoming the NFL's powerhouse division. Uh, there are still some big moves to be made with big free agents still on the market uh, looking for deals. Uh, just for a few names are safety, Tyran Matthew, a.k.a. the Honey Badger. He plays for the Chiefs. Um, we got wide receiver Odell Beckham, um, who got an ACL tear in in the um, Super Bowl. And he plays for the, the L.A. Rams. And then we got linebacker Bobby Wagner, who played for the Seahawks. And wide receiver Jar- Jarvis Landry. Um, but also the talks of Julio Jones and where he might go is still a big toss-up as the Tennessee Titans let him go. So uh, the, the talks are Julio Jones might go to either the Cowboys or they're talking about the Buccaneers. So it's a big week still going for the NFL as free agency is still among us. Uh, make sure you guys tune in to the podcast for more on your NFL. But now let's talk about the MLB. Now that the CBA has been agreed this week, the MLB and the MLB Players Association has agreed on some rule changes. First, they have expanded the rosters until May 2nd. Uh, Because of the MLB's lockout on the spring training schedule, both sides agreed to allow clubs to have a 28-man roster until May 2nd. Once that date expires, teams will be forced to reduce to a 26-man roster. Uh, There will be no restrictions on how many pitchers a team can carry during this expanded roster period. Uh, They will be limited to 13 after May 2nd date. Um, And then the second rule change is the Otani rule, which has now been an implementation of the universal DH. Uh, The pitcher is used as the team's DH. They will be allowed to remain in the game as a hitter once their day on the mound is over. So in other words, two-way talents uh, like Shohei Otani uh, won't have to throw a nine-inning game to stay in the game uh, to make sure he takes his at-bats. Um, and at, at, at uh, the third rule this that they, uh, they uh, are changing is the automatic runner back which was a a place at second base in the extra innings um, is to return only after the 2022 season. You know, the the logic is the runner on second is to shorten games and reduce workload for the pitchers. Uh, Seven seven inning double headers are not part of uh, the MLB and the MLB Players Association proposal. Instead, both ends of a doubleheader will be nine innings throughout the 2022 season. Uh, so a lot of rules have been uh, made here in the MLB, um, especially with that lockout, knowing that they're going to have 28-man uh, roster will help out a lot of these um, a lot of these clubs, especially you try to find out um, pitching and the, 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 the way that they uh, can hold their pitchers. Uh, but then also the Otani rule, which really I think should, should, should be that way. They should be able to hit the ball as long as, as long as they are as a designated hitter. And then knowing that they're going to be uh, taking away uh, that, that second base in the extra innings. Um, 
I'm not too sure about that. I mean, sometimes these games get way out of hand after the ninth inning. It goes into the seventeenth inning. You know, these games take forever. So the I think the 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 more that they make the game um, at a faster pace, the better it is for the MLB. Uh, but definitely tune in uh, for more on the MLB. But now let's talk about the NBA this week. You know, I like to talk about the NBA standings. First, let's talk about the Eastern Conference. Uh, at number one, we got the Miami Heat. Two, my, Milwaukee Bucks. Three, Philadelphia 76ers. Four, Boston Celtics. Five, Chicago Bulls. Six, the Cleveland Cavaliers. Seven, Toronto Raptors. Eight, Brooklyn Nets. Nine, Charlotte Hornets. And ten, the Atlanta Hawks. Uh, this year's playoff race is going to be awesome. If the playoffs were to happen today... Uh, the Nets, Hornets, and Hawks would have to play in a in, uh, play-in tournament to find out who will get the last two positions in the playoffs. The East is stacked this year with Miami Heat playing great as they hold on that number one spot in the East. The Sixers just de- defeated the Lakers last night in a tough win, but they have the, the roster to really do damage in the East. Uh, the inside-out game that they have is undeniable, and if they can stay healthy uh, the remainder of the season, uh, the Sixers really look like a true contender. Uh, but then you have Giannis and the Bucks, who won the ring last year. Uh, they, they look like they're in playoff shape. Uh, they're coming together right now, especially as uh, the, the return of Brooke Lopez uh, from his back injury. Um, I think this Eastern... Uh, Conference is looking real stacked, uh, especially the Celtics, who really have been the hottest team in the East. Uh, they've been really coming together right now at the at the right time. They have adopted one of the best offenses since the All Star break, and, and they're now standing at a huge spot at the number two spot in the Eastern Conference standings. But then you got the Western Conference right now. You got the Suns at number one, at number two you got the Grizzlies. Uh, Warriors at number three. At number four, you got the Jazz. At number five, Mavericks. And then the number uh, six spot, you got the Nuggets. At number seven, the Timberwolves. Eight, Clippers. Nine, Lakers. And then ten, Pelicans. And it's the same thing in the West with the seven through ten seeds. (coughs) So when the season is over on April 10th, teams near the middle of the standings are battling for postseason seeding with a special focus on the league's play-in tournament. This is held right before the first round of the playoffs, which makes an exciting element to the NBA season. This play-in tournament will focus on the top 10 teams in each conference and will take place on April 12th through April 15th. So if the playoffs happen this week, we would see the Pelicans, Lakers, and Clippers in a play-in tournament. But the Western Conference is a lot more closer than the East. So teams that get, you know, towards the end may jump up in the standings and get to play into the uh, play-in tournament. But in the West, we see the Grizzlies really hold their poise as uh, John Morant is having an MVP season. Closest player to me, uh, MVP-wise, would be Derrick Rose. And if, if it was my choice, I think John Morant would get the MVP this season. But the Grizzlies look to keep their power in the West as they jumped up to number two spot and looks to stay there 
as the Warriors are now without Steph Curry. Curry got injured last week, and as I think he, it was announced that he sprained his left foot and will be evaluated in two weeks. But this injury is at the worst time for the Warriors as they just got Draymond Green back and, and Clay Thompson, which has been getting his game a lot a, a lot uh, back, you know, coming from that injury. But they have a three-game lead over the Jazz and don't seem to be falling far in the standing since, you know, they do have good reserve players. But the Suns is the team in the West that looks the most incredible and the hardest to match up against with any team in the league. They've proven they've proven uh, to not lose uh, without Chris Paul, uh, without Devin Booker, but it looks like they may need uh, to to get locked in uh, if they want to have the best uh, record in the league. Uh, and looking at the number one seed at in the Western Conference, they've been uh, deserving this praise. Uh, we've seen a bunch of of the game. Uh, we we've seen. A, there's a bunch of there's a bunch of games left and and we can't wait to see where where each team will end up, uh, but I'm definitely hoping my Lakers can put a string of wins together. You know they definitely need Anthony Davis back if we dream of any playoff spot. But LeBron James is leading the league in scoring and definitely putting this season on his back, and he deserves the flowers as he's you know he passed Carl Malone in NBA All Scoring uh, at at. Now he's a second in all scoring all time. So he's looking incredible doing it at, you know, age 37. And I'm hoping to see him in this year's playoffs. But make sure you guys tune in for more on your uh, NBA. But I want to thank you guys for tuning in this week and every week. Make sure you guys are supporting the podcast. Make sure you guys are sharing the podcast. Uh, make sure you guys call in if you guys want to uh, have anything to talk about. Um, make sure you guys are supporting all your local businesses. Make sure you're supporting all your local artists and make sure you're supporting all your local podcasts. I'm Alejandro Oveda signing off episode 161.